This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by my book, Breaking Bad Faith, Exposing Myth and Violence in Popular Theology to Recover the Path of Peace. I'm Michael Camp. The book helps people break damaging beliefs that are based on myths. It exposes the big lie that God brings justice through retribution, punishment, imprisonment, the death penalty, lenient gun laws, American wars, final judgment, and eternal damnation. It's a religious crap detector. In case you're wondering, that is a theological term. The book uses sound history to reveal the love and restorative justice narratives of Jesus and the prophets. There are real-life stories, many outside Christianity, about people plotting peace rather than revenge to fight evil. Find it at Amazon.com. Welcome to Apostates Anonymous, the show you turn to when you're no longer an evangelical, with your hosts, hosts, authors Keith Giles and Matthew J. DiStefano. Welcome back to another take two. Fuck you. Welcome back to another episode of Apostates Anonymous. I am one of your hosts, Matthew J. DeStefano, author of the award-winning The Wisdom of Hobbits. I'm joined by Keith Giles, Keith Giles, author of (sighs) some books, some guy with a podcast. Here he is. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, some guy with three podcasts. Yeah. Hey, uh, everybody. Welcome back to Apostates Anonymous, uh, your third favorite podcast. Mm. And um, what happened? I thought it was second. Oh, well, I, you- I don't know. Uh, you know, everybody's got their Whatever. different favorites. So anyway, good, yeah, welcome back. Um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff going on. Glad to be here. Good stuff. Bad stuff. How hot is it in your neck of the woods? It's a, it's about 108 here. So we're, rec- we're recording um, at my time, mountain time in El Paso, Texas. It's like 9.15 a.m., and the temperature is 88 degrees. And it will get over 100 probably before we get to noon. The, the end of the podcast. It's been, yeah, we're in a, um, they, they had an advisory that we are going to have an entire 30 days uh, in a row over 100 degrees in El Paso. So get ready. Well, for Chico, we've got 109, 104, 100. We dipped down to 99, then 105, mm. 108, 107. So... Yeah. It's so funny because like I'm getting used to it. Yesterday we went, got in the car, you know, like around 1230 to go see Mission Impossible. And you, when you, and when you get inside the car at first, you know, it's been sitting there for a while. It's like really hot inside. So I get in and it's really hot and they turn on the AC and everything. And then it's like, but it didn't feel that bad. And I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. And it was kind of overcast. I was like, oh, it's a nice cool day. And then I looked at the temperature and it was like 103. It was like, oh, uh, that's what cool is. It's nice and cool. It was only 103. <laughs> hey, but let's let's keep electing politicians who don't even believe in climate change. Oh, you know, it's just a myth. It's like, no. didn't they say that we had the three hottest days on record, like in ever, um, in a row this year, like this month? Um, we've the, climate, had, the climate's always changing. It's it always changing. Flows. It always does. This. There's nothing we can do about it. So like even in El Paso, you can look like when I used to live here um, 20, 
30 years ago, probably close to 30 years ago. Um, you know, it would, be, it would get hot during the day. You'd have in the summer, of course, you'd have over 100 degrees during the day. But when the sun went down, it would drop down. It would, it would literally be cold at night. You would have to wear a jacket if you went out after sunset because it's a desert. And it's, so it's like super cool at night and really hot during the day. But now that, you know, we've come back here and now that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So now it, it, you could be outside at midnight and it'll still be 90 degrees. And it's because we've changed it. In other words, so people have changed the climate in El Paso over the last 20 years um, because we've we've paved so much of the ground, right? And so there's so much asphalt and concrete and so many houses and things, and we don't have any grass. No one has grass in their yard. So it just, it holds the heat. Mm-hmm. So it never cools down like it used to. It's really, really changed the way it used to be um, since I used to live here when I was a kid. And yeah, there's climate change right there. And we, and that's man-made. We created that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know how people deny it still. I, I honestly, whatever. Yeah. You it's, never know. It's man. too existential for me to even think about right now. Never underestimate the ability of people to be stupid. To be stupid. That sounds like a t-shirt. There you go. Well, speaking of stupid, I'm sure we have an advertiser for today. <laughs> I probably shouldn't call our advertisers stupid, huh? We value to all of our- clear. Yeah. This is a this is this next one's a fake ad. Sometimes we do have real ads. So it's hard to know. We have to now have disclaimers. Yes, I don't may want or may any not of our real advertisers to think I'm calling them. Stupid. But this is a returning uh, fake advertiser, so oh. we're very grateful for the repeat wow. business. We are. So let's go. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Andrew Slaughter, and I want to tell you about the best way to save thousands of dollars on your taxes every year by becoming a licensed and ordained minister of the gospel. That's right. For just $49.99, you can become a Christian pastor and start claiming tax exemptions to save yourself hundreds or even thousands of dollars on your taxes every year. For example, if you buy a Christian book, that's research, friends. Just write it off. Or if you go out to eat at your favorite restaurant and you pray before the meal, that's a business meeting with your boss. Just write it off. Or if you live in a house, you can just call it a parsonage and write it off as a ministry expense. It's so easy. As an added bonus, you can tell other people how to live their lives, give them messages from God. Heck, you can even bully people and get fired from your job and still find another congregation to welcome you with open arms just down the street because you are a bona fide Christian pastor. Just go to IWantToBeTaxFree.com and fill out the simple form to become a genuine, licensed, and ordained Christian minister today and start saving thousands of dollars on your taxes right away. Very Perfect. practical. That was very a very practical, practical, helpful thing. I can see people go 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 right away. I want to be taxfree.com. It's such a joke in this country that um, you're not allowed to be political, right? As a 501c3 to get that tax exemption. Oh, but everybody is. And all these churches, like they got American flags. They couldn't be about. more. Well, we yes. can't tell you who to vote for. But we'll just but, tell you. <laughs> but abortions and white replacement and. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we exactly. know who you're telling us to vote for. Fuck. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I've Pastor never Slaughter, been. Thank you for coming yes, back Pastor. and supporting the show. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for all the work you do to help people save on their taxes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he also, did he also do the uh, Satan detector or something like that? I don't it sounds remember. like something he would, he would do. Knowing, <sighs> knowing slaughter, like I think I know him. I would know him better than he thinks I do. I, think. Yeah. I know him better than he wants to be known. 
Um, speaking of knowing us more than we want to be known. Yes. AI. Whoa, what a transition. That was beautiful. Dude, that was, is there a soundbite for the pro- level of professionalism? <laughs> for genius. That was? For genius level professionalism. <laughs> that was beautiful. <clears throat> I didn't, yeah. I didn't plan that, but it, it fell into it. Um, AI, uh, your thoughts. I think Allen Iverson was one of the greatest. We talk players about practice, the- man. Not a not a game. We talk about practice. Practice. Not that AI. Oh, a different AI. Yes, a different but AI. He was great, though. I gotta say, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence, intelligence. created artificially. <clears throat> yes. Well, it's the uh, it's all the rage now. Everybody's everybody's all the kids are talking about it. So, um, you know, I don't think we've talked about it here very much. So I thought let's let's do an, an episode where we kind of go into this because. You know, there's a lot of hysteria out there. People are, a lot of people are freaking out. Not just Christians this time. I mean, usually it's the Christians who are like the most fear. It's a sign of the rapture. Yes, it's the end times, right? Maybe the beast will be an AI. Ooh, the Antichrist will be an AI. And you never know. But, um, But yeah, a lot of people are scared. You know, and so I see, you know, everybody, Good Morning America and 60 Minutes, everybody's doing, um, shows and, and YouTube channels, you know, like the dangers of AI and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, artificial, I guess we should say what it is. Um, artificial intelligence is basically a computer that um, is able to learn and um, the, the what we're, and we have it already. So let's just say this, artificial intelligence exists. We have it today. We, we're using it. We've been using it for probably a decade. Um, basically like computers that use machine learning. We have algorithms. We don't that work and we don't know how they, why they work. We just know that they work. And these, these machines are able to, uh, essentially learn. They can. Or what do you mean? We don't know how they work. Someone knows how they work. No, I, well, I was watching, by the way, there's a, uh, I'm going to reference this a couple of times probably in, in this conversation. If you haven't seen the documentary that's on Netflix, I believe, uh, called the social dilemma. They talk about this machine learning algorithm that is being employed right now on all of the major social media platforms, Google, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. Probably Threads. I know Threads just launched, but I'm sure they're using it too. Um, And it's an algorithm that basically learns from behaviors. It it, it studies behaviors of the users on the platform and and, uh, learns from that. And then it, it knows how to essentially um, increase engagement. That's, that's the, the mission statement of the algorithm. The goal of the, of the algorithm is to increase engagement. And no, I, I will, I, in the inner, in the, um, in the documentary, one of the guys up and up guys who works or worked um, at like Facebook or, or Google or something. Um, he said that he said they have this algorithm and it works and I'm not exactly sure how, it, how it works, but they just know that it works. Like they created it, they wrote the code, they popped it in, and holy crap, it goes to town and it just goes crazy. But it, I think because it's learning, it has the ability to edit itself. So it's improving itself as it goes. This is where it starts to get scary. Um, because when you have AI that's advanced enough that it can write code and that it could basically recode itself and or code other AI, uh, it can basically reproduce. So that's when you start. People start getting a little nervous um, about the AI and its ability uh, to kind of get out of our control. Yeah, I mean that's scary. Um, 
I always think about like, well, I mean, it brings up a couple things. Obviously, something like that getting out of control where it could like shut down. I mean, mm -hmm. if AI could shut down markets, oh, or yeah. if it could shut down whatever, sure. obviously that's going to cause chaos, right? Um, but we always, we're always scared of that other, whether it's like maybe the aliens will come do it. Maybe AI will come do yeah. it. Yeah. Motherfuckers, we've been running shit terribly forever. So I don't know. Like, we're, we, like, I, we always approach these existential things as if we're not also the, like, the major right. problem, right? right? We always do that. Oh, I, this is where I'm, I might part ways on Tolkien. He was always like elevating humanity. I'm like, we fucking suck. Bring on the alien overlords because <laughs> can't be worse. It can't be like, the, can the AI be worse? Yeah, it might wipe us out for the benefit of the planet. Well, we're gonna we're gonna do that in the next fifteen. No, but anyway, see, here's the so. thing, though. Here's here's my problem with our minds always go. It's like you said, we fear the other. Our minds to always go to the catastrophic. Like, okay, but yeah. think about it for a second. Okay, this this these machines, these computers. You're saying that they're going to get super super smart. Okay, all right, and even self aware. I mean, that's the level that we're afraid of. That they become self aware. That they, have, they gain some level of consciousness, and now they are like a living thing you know, in this computer. All right. So now, but it's smarter than us. It's supposed to be smarter than we are. Okay. So imagine a machine that has consciousness. It's super smart. It's smarter than humans. How dumb would it be to kill humans? It understands, right? It needs humans to make more computers, to, to keep the electricity running, to keep it plugged in, to replace parts that break down. So it would be the dumbest thing for an AI to wipe out humanity when we, it, it would be smart enough to know it needs humans to continue to thrive. So it's not going to wipe out humanity. It's just stupid. It like, we're the ones who assume the, 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 you know, the, the doomsday scenarios. Here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing I, I've never heard anybody talk about. What if we create an AI? What if it gets super intelligent? What if it gains consciousness? What if it's smarter than us? And it's awesome. It's good. It, it, it improves our lives. It makes our lives better. It solves all the problems that we have not been able to solve, like world hunger or, you know, war or just all these, you know, political problems and things. Like, what, if, what if AI says, oh, here's a solution. Just implement this. Do this. What if it starts doing it for us? We don't even have to tell it to do it. And next thing you know, you just wake up and like, damn, things are way better now. Damn, like, they, they fixed that, that robot came out and fixed that pothole. Exactly. No one had to tell it to do it. Exactly. Wow. Like, I don't know. I should maybe I should write that sci-fi story. What if AI is like really it's great? Boring. It's really good. Oh, that's true. And see, that's part of it. We thrive on the drama. We, th we what we, we love is the negative. The well, my, story, my like I I don't go too far down the road on that. I I my view on it currently is that corporations, and that's the big I think for me that's the big big bad voodoo. Yeah. Big the big baddie. And they're going to use it. It's not if they are using it and they're going to continue to use it and they're yep. going to continue to use it. Why? For their profits and their shareholders profits. Uh, no, of course. And of course. so then it becomes how do we as the little peons, the plebs, how do we use it for our benefit, for our, you know, like they're going to use it against us. So we might as well play ball, right? Like yep. there are cool things you can do with it to, to help. I mean, I understand the ethics of um, like for the artists, if you're, yeah, I, I understand their argument, but also artists like ourselves can use it to 
give ourselves more time to create art. I mean, yeah, I've used it to write a synopsis. I've used it to write things like that, outlines to help. Yeah, it's really good for things like that. Yeah. It's I will creative. say currently it sucks at writing. It's a terrible writer. And yes. we, we're doing one project. We can't say nothing. It's like mom's the word. <laughs> and we are using it, but you have to massage the shit out of it. Because as a writer, I will say AI, if you're listening to this, yeah, you, of course you have a lot of work to do. Well, it's, but here's the reason why. It's because the AI, the level of AI we have currently it's not conscious. It's not smarter than us. It's not creative. It's, so in other words, the AI that we have right now is just inert. It's sitting mm-hmm. there doing nothing until somebody asks it a specific question, and then it will only do whatever you ask. And usually the first time it'll do it wrong, or it won't mm-hmm. do it the way you meant. And they have to do it again, ask it again, ask it again, ask it again. In different changing, ways. Yeah. Yeah. Until you finally get it to almost get what you want. It won't, it won't ever get exactly no. what you want. Mm-hmm. So at this point, AI is completely reactive. The danger would be if one day AI just on its own decided to start doing stuff. Now, okay, now we're in trouble, right? Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's it's really bad at being creative. So um, uh, as, a, as a writer, you know, and I do copywriting too. So a lot of people that in the copywriting field are really nervous because they think it's going to take their jobs. Um, it's decent, I will say this, AI is decent at writing some mar- some marketing copy, simple marketing copy, like a headline or a subhead or a call to action. Mm-hmm. Um, because, but, but here's why. Because all it's doing, it's very formulaic. That kind of writing is yeah. very formulaic. So all it's For doing sure. is going out to the internet and scrubbing all the marketing ads it can find and then just like, you know, throwing, jumbling something together and spitting it out. And so, yeah, that's easy. That's not that hard to do. Yeah, but like you were saying, like if you asked it to write a short story or write write a novel, it's going to suck. It sucks. It won't make any sense. It'll have yeah. no tension, no emotion, no drama. It, it the won't. The structure will all be very similar. Throughout. Yes, it'll it'll repeat itself over and over again. Yeah, because mm-hmm. all it's doing is is basically copying, jumbling, and pasting. Not um, to mention, it sucks. It. Um, I thought it'd be cool for our choir classics when we have we put a timeline in there of the author. I'd be like, yeah. oh, that could help. No, because I fact checked it, fact checked it, and it's fucking. It's like a. It's like a Fox News broadcast. That's right. It's like there's no. There's there's some truth here once in a while, but most of it's shit. Yeah, there's a guy. There's a guy that has a YouTube channel I really like. Um, who does stuff on science and things like that. And um, he did one on AI, and he did that. He's he asked it to write a bi a, a biography of himself. Uh huh. And then he read it on the show, and it was like yeah. maybe two thirds. No, not even a, maybe one third of it was true. Oh, and the I other two thirds of it was like, no, I never went to Harvard. No, I, I'm not, uh, you know, people at Princeton and MIT don't consult with me. Uh, no, it's like, it's, it made up stuff. It just literally made up stuff about him. That wasn't true. Gave him degrees. He doesn't have, um, he just totally invented things that weren't true. And All so, right. yeah, it's not, it's, it's not very good at that kind of stuff, which Jeez, is weird. Is I don't know short, why. This is not a short bio. I asked it to write a short bio for Keith, Keith Giles. Oh, that's right. <laughs> So Keith Giles, author, speaker, and advocate for interfaith dialogue. Keith Giles is a passionate author, dynamic speaker, and a prominent advocate for interfaith dialogue and understanding. Born on birth date, Keith's journey, (laughs) that's what it says, Keith's journey into the world of theology and spirituality began at an early age, sparked by a fascination with diverse religious traditions and their impact on human culture. Mm. 
Is that what you did? You were uh, well, from the get go, just inner, just inner faith. Boom. Yeah. Well, I do some interfaith stuff. Yeah. And no, but from from the from the your journey began on that. No, it didn't. And then, but I think what it, what you just read, I think what it's referring to is like early church stuff because I used to really yeah study and do stuff about the early church. This is very generic, but yeah, most, some of this is true. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um. Now, now, when it comes to artwork, right, like Mid Journey and some of the other ones, Mid Journey is way better than Dolly. I'll just say it right now. But um, Mid Journey, I played with it for a while, and it'll spit out like really cool looking stuff. But again, it's really mostly just, you know, scanning the internet of actual art that other people have actually made and mm-hmm. remixing stuff. You know, um, that's why some people are suing it. They're suing yeah. the, the Midjourney, suing the suing the uh, developers of AI because, you know, they'll someone will spit something out and post it and they'll be like, hey, that looks a lot like my painting that I did, or you're right, yeah, or the book cover I did. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I don't know how you do this. Obviously, um, there has to be some sort of mechanism in place where, if the AI is so smart, why are you infringing on copyright? Yeah. So shouldn't the AI, if it's going to take over humanity, right? At this point, it doesn't even know what a copyright infringement is. No. And, it, and, it, and it'd be happy to do it. It'd be happy to infringe it. Of course. So it's like, yeah, I, I see the problematic parts with that. It's, it's again, it's one of those technologies where it's going to be used nefarious for nefarious reasons and it could be used for good reasons and it's probably going to end up being a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, no, that's it. That's right. So we are living in the world where AI is going to get better and better. So we're, you mm-hmm. know, fast forward five, 10 years from now, and we are going to have a very different conversation about AI because I think AI will be, it'll get to the point where it will be really good at writing things because it's just going to be copying and pasting actual books. And, you know, the day that somebody has a best selling book that, you know, when I, when I pick it up and read it and I'm reading it, I'm going, oh, this is Jesus Untangled. They just took my book and, slightly modified a few words here and there and then spit it out and it's my book right or it's solo mysterium someone just rewrites but who's taking the credit again again that goes back to like okay if someone's doing that then you have like that's a copyright infringement yeah but you have to be able to prove it you have to first you have to find it like how would i know i'd have to read every book that came out in on my topic and scan it to see you know how do we know someone hasn't done that no i don't no you're right um there are no, there is software, isn't there? Because my, my wife, when she taught... Because unless the AI is, is going to a distributor and uploading the files and creating an account and getting royalties, like someone's doing that. So you'd sue them if they're right. using AI in that way. Unless AI truly has what? Um, created its own consciousness and then oh, its no, own no. bank account. It's not going to do and, that. And then created, <laughs> uh, you know... <laughs> Invested the money that they made on. I mean, someone someone's yeah. going to be. But no, what is it? it there, way. there is a software. Am I am I making this up? I know I know there is some kind of some kind of Google software, because I know teachers will use this to make sure that students haven't plagiarized. So, mm-hmm. like you can you take their essay and you drop it in, and if it's been plagiarized, it'll flag it. Um, I'm sure is there that, is. No, no. What's the one? Um, Grammarly. I think Grammarly does that. That's what it is. Grammarly does that. I think okay. Grammarly. I've never, if you, I've never used it. If you buy Grammarly and you like have to, you have to pay for not the free edition, you have to pay for one of the paid versions. Yeah. Um, it'll do that. Oh, this is reminding me of something. This is without AI. I remember this. I remember a guy did this once. Um, 
he published, he self-published like a, a, a thriller, you know, like an action kind of novel, fiction novel. And it was getting, it like it blew up. I, forget, I wish I could remember the guy's name or the name of the book, but it sold really well. And I mean, it was doing really well on Amazon and he was making really good money and had a lot of fans and people like a lot of followers. People were like, oh my gosh, when's your next book coming out? Well, then he got caught. I don't know how he got caught. I don't know if Amazon caught him or, or a reader caught him. Mm-hmm. Um, but what all he did was, so he took um, probably like 10, you know, like Alistair McLean, Ian Fleming, um, Clive Custler. He just took all these like best-selling kind of this, uh, people who wrote the same kind of stuff. And so if he was going to write a fight scene, he would just grab a fight scene from, you know, one of these other authors, you know, Tom Clancy or something. And he'd write a fight scene. He just re, re, slightly reword it and put it in his novel. And then if he needed like a, a chase scene, he would do that or a torture scene. He would, so he'd just grab mm-hmm. scenes from other existing books. And so basically that's why the book was so awesome. It was sort of like the greatest hits of all these other best-selling books that already were out there. But I guess other people noticed it like, Hey, this sounds like the scene from that Tom Clancy novel, or this sounds like the mm-hmm. scene from that Robert Ludlum, you know, born identity thing. Mm-hmm. And anyway, they caught him. And so none of it was original other than the names of the characters. He literally just cobbled it together from all these other things. And on the one hand, like, yeah, okay, that's, I guess that's dishonest. You shouldn't do that. But on the other hand, like we, we, we tolerate that kind of thing. Like when somebody like on the music side of things, right. A lot of musicians will sample, um, they'll take samples from a whole bunch of different things and then remix it to create some kind of like new music. And people love that. That's okay. I guess, unless you get sued, I guess if you get caught and you get sued, no matter what it is, because, okay. But sampling, you can only do so much bits and bits and pieces. So when right. you hear like um, that that start of uh, Mo Money, Mo Problems yeah. back in the day, that's yeah. – I think the way that was done is took a song, sped it up. Uh-huh. Um, or it's all about the Benjamins too. That one's reversed. Like the sound of it is reversed and I uh-huh. think slowed down. So you have to modify it in some way. You, Significantly. You to, yeah, and you ha- or you have to use such a small piece of it that that yeah, it's, it's not a, tiny a prominent thing. portion of it. Because sampling is different than, yeah. than taking someone's actual music. Like, like there's been a lot of cases, and, and I don't have the songs in front of me, where the songs are almost identical. Oh, I know. Um, uh, yep. And so, but there, there's a line and it's a subjective line because you could, you could say a song is a ripoff of any song if it's one, four, five. Right. Um, if it's like a common blues structure or a rock. Sure, like, sure. It, of course. You know, if you play pop punk, the T, you know, you go from G or no C to G to A to oh, F. Oh yeah. That's like every worship song that's ever written. E- that's everything <laughs> ever written, right? I can play four chords on the guitar and now yeah. I can play every worship song ever written. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, exactly. But okay. But what about. But what about doom 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 do 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 doom 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 do 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 doom? Eminem yep. ripped that off and he claimed he did it. He argued no, that he Eminem, did it. Not not Eminem. Oh, no ice, ice. Uh, ice. I'm sorry. Par- sorry, Eminem. I apologize. Wow. The other the, wow. the other white rapper. The no, other no, white no, rapper. No 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 no. You got to give M his respect. Oh no, I love Eminem. Yeah, I totally. <laughs> that was a brain fart. I apologize. No, it was ice. Yeah, what is it? Was it ice? Ice Ice Baby. Vanilla, that, ice. That, Vanilla that, Ice. Vanilla Ice. That has that has one extra bass note, I think. Or the other yes, that's what he did. I, I there's a clip of him arguing with yeah. somebody. He's going, no, no. The Queen one goes doom 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 do 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 doom, and mine goes doom 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 do 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 doom. Like it's a little yeah, a little it's, little it's, it's a pickup or something. It's, right. it's the same. Come on. 
Right. Of course. Yeah. Right. And that's past the line. So again, what is, yeah. you got to, we have to agree upon, and this is where I guess lawyers get involved on what the line is. Yeah. Um, well, that's what's going to happen. Then, this is good news for yeah. lawyers, right? A, the, the rise of AI is good news for lawyers. There's going to be a whole lot of, um, whole lot more lawsuits about mm -hmm. you stole my art, you stole my book, you stole, stole my plot line. Um, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how you avoid that. It's just, I mean, it's, I think currently it's the wild west. Yes. It's kind of unknown and it's, and it's a bit unregulated because people are using AI for everything. I heard, I heard one story, I was reading one story, this girl who is, um, like an influencer, right? She somehow used like video AI and text AI and speech AI combine all this shit. And you can date her online. That's right. For like, was it a dollar a minute? Something yeah. like that. Where she made like 70000 the first week. Because you <laughs> oh just sit God. there and talk to her and it's like her. Lonely, uh, lonely white men. Yes. Dude. And it's like, that's wild. I don't even know how, I mean... It's a, I mean, it's crazy. a great idea. I mean, if anyone wants to date my avatar, hit me yeah. up. <laughs> that, that that sounds like a like a um a spice like a black mirror. Do oh, you want to date my it. avatar? Yeah. No, it sounds like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. That yes, exactly. That's. Oh, have yeah. you watched the new uh, season of Black Mirror? I, I loved it. Yes, I thought mm -hmm. it was. Well, it, it wasn't. It wasn't perfect, but I mean, um, there were several episodes I really liked, and there's that one that Joan is awful, which don't, is don't totally about. Me, don't give me any spoilers. I haven't. I haven't watched. Oh, you it haven't? Yet. Oh well. well I, no, I've watched every episode except for the new season. I haven't got to it yet. Okay. Well, there is an episode uh, all about exactly what we're talking about, which is um, uh, which is funny too because it, it goes right. It it uh, it's exactly what's going on right now on the writer's strike and the actor's strike. Well, uh -huh. it's more about the actor's strike because um, you know, literally, movie studios want to scan digitally scan and record the voices of you know popular actors, and then they don't pay them once for the scan. And then never pay them again or pay them a very small royalty for digitally recreating them in films in the future. Um, and that's, and then they can make them say or do whatever they want. And then of course they're going to get paid peanuts. So that's, that's what's one of the major things going on right now is AI and, and the, the use of digital likenesses because it's getting so good, man, right? We have two movies in a row Indiana Jones, they did a, a facial de-aging on Harrison Ford, and it's decent. I mean, it's mm -hmm. going to get better. It's not bad. Um, and then they do they do it in um, they do it in Mission Impossible too, uh, a little bit. They do it. They do it with Carrie Fisher too. And they do it with Carrie Fisher. That's right. And they, yeah, they do, they've already used it in a lot of films. They did it with Robert mm -hmm. Downey Jr. in one of the Iron Man films, um, okay. and it was really good. I mean, they if you spend time on it, it can look really really good. So, um, and I also had heard, um, and in th in this case, I. I think it's actually kind of cool as long as the contract is equitable. But um, I heard that Bruce Willis, because, you know, he has whatever he's got dementia or something, right? He's, he's unable to act now. So he, he signed over his digital likenesses and stuff so that in the future they can keep making movies with Bruce Willis. But I think it's so that his family will get paid after he's gone. Yeah. And see, now that's okay. If you, if you as an actor, willingly say i'm willing to do this but you guarantee in perpetuity that you know that you're going to get paid and your family's going to be compensated um because here's the here here again it's this is this is the inequity of it so even if let's say 
let's say a studio today and we had the tech and, and we're pretty much there where we have the technology for this said, okay, I'm going to scan Tom Cruise, right? We're going to scan your face and your body. We're going to record all your voice, get to get all the voice recordings of your voice acting. And uh, we'll pay you $20 million um, to scan you and do all that stuff. And, and the, for the rights to use your likeness in the future. Well, $20 million is like one or two movies. And then they never pay you again. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then studios basically for the cost of one or two movies, um, get to make movies forever and make millions and never pay an, an actor again. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I think what people are afraid of on that side of things on the entertainment side. Well, they should be in there because people who run shit run it for their own benefit. Yeah. It's like, like you said, the corporations we, we, are what we need to be afraid of. The corporations. It's yeah, yeah. If, if AI was developed and ran by, if we didn't have like so much corporate power in this country, if we had people running things, you know, already subverted like where you where you're on top you're actually if you're on top quote unquote it's actually about the people yeah it's like what we try to do with our authors like they make more percentage than than we do on their on their product whereas like look at i know this doesn't have to do with ai per se but look at spotify oh yeah look at the millions and billions of streams an artist will get and you ain't getting that where's that money that money's the the real power of the, the the real wealthy people in the music industry are people you never heard of. Oh yeah, and then yeah, that's the thing. That is the problem with Spotify and and those kind of services too, is because those services are making millions and the artists are getting paid hundreds. I mean, it's mm-hmm. bad. Like it's literally, bad. I thought I said something about Radiohead. Radiohead had I don't know how many millions of downloads or streamings of their of their records and their songs. And they literally got a check for a few hundred dollars. It's like mm-hmm. bullshit. Come yeah. on, man. Where's so, that you know, money going? Yeah, it's like, come on, man. So, it yeah. used to be bad enough when, like, when I was in in college and I was taking a course on music industry. It was like, like, what did albums run back in the day? Like ten bucks, ten bucks for an album? Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah, ten or twelve. The artist would get like just under a dollar, right? Yep, that's right. And that was bad back then, but now the percentage is even skewed. The, I mean, we don't sell al- actual albums in the CD or anything, but yeah. like for the amount of streams you have to get to make like a dollar, it's absurd. Well, it's this is also the thing too, like where <clears throat> in the music industry, it's gotten better now to the point where um, because recording technology is much more widely available. This is, this is one of the rare instances where the, where the proliferation of technology is helping the artist. Because now if you're an artist, you're a musician, you have a band or something, you kind of don't need a record deal. In fact, in some ways the record deal would be, you know, I mean, like most record deals are predatory. They're not good at all. In fact, I, I used to work in the music business and the Christian music side of things. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, those record deals were were ripoffs. They were horrible. Which they were back, always skewed. Go, go back like an episode or two and talk about how, or listen to the episode about Christian businesses being shady. Oh yeah. <laughs> when you involve Christianity in your business. I don't, oh, yeah, well, I don't even think we talked about the Christian music side of things in, in that episode. I don't but, think we did. But yeah, but I mean, could have. so, so the, we, um, yeah, I, I, the people that I know, um, that still know that are musicians, like most of them are making their own music and selling it themselves. They, they, they are not part of a record company anymore. And so, yeah, you can set up a studio in your house, record on your laptop, 
you can buy great microphones for, you know, a couple hundred bucks and there's great software for compression and mixing and mastering and recording and all this stuff. Um, and then, the, you know, there's the internet, there's YouTube, there's, there's distribution channels, um, where you're able to, or you know, Bandcamp and, um, what's the other one? You can go to DistroKid. That's it. Yeah. That's a there's, there's another one too. I can't think of, um, SoundCloud. SoundCloud, that thank you. That's the other one. So you know, there's basically, and then there's a lot of great bands I found um, that that's what they do. They're not signed to a label, and they don't want to be signed to a label. And I don't blame them because, like, when I worked in the Christian music industry, this is back in the '90s. Um, I'm sure nothing has changed. Uh, I've heard garbage. I heard what's her name, um, the girl from Garbage. I heard her doing an interview talking about how garbage got so ripped off by the record company. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like everything is skewed towards. The record company, right? It's um, like you said, you sell millions of copies and you make almost nothing. Oh, here's an example. Like, uh, so there's a band called Fuel. If some people might remember this band called Fuel in the 90s. Um, they had a song on the Godzilla soundtrack. They had uh, uh, like a gold, uh, a single called Shimmer they, on the first record. Um, another one on their second record, they had a second record. Both records went, well, I think the first record went gold. The second one went platinum. And my, my good friend, um, I grew up with him, Brett Scallions, was the lead singer of that band. And I remember talking to him after the first record came out. It, it had just gone gold. Um, they had the song on the Godzilla soundtrack. They were touring, you know. And I was like, dude, man, you guys must be rolling in cash. And he goes, oh, no, we haven't. We're not getting paid. Like, what? He was like, oh, yeah, because we have to pay the record company back for the album cover, for the mastering, for the, for the producer, uh, for the studio time, for the marketing they do. And like, so basically all the money that was coming in that would have gone to the band. Well, well, first you have to pay back the record company for all of this stuff that they did. And they, and trust me, it's premium prices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not giving you a deal. So again, the record company keeps all the money during the phase that the, the, the best phase selling phase, like the, the, you know, the first year the record is out. And then once they paid themselves back, then you start getting paid. Well, by then it's cooled down. The record isn't, you know, a a hit anymore. You don't have songs on the radio and your tour is over. And so you're making pennies. And that's the way those, that's the way those things are set up. And it's, yeah, not a good thing. It's the way everything's set up. It's all set up for profit. Not a choir though. Choir, like you said, we, we pay 60% to the author. Yeah, but we... And we do marketing. We do all kinds of stuff for them. We don't charge them for that. We give them a cover. We don't charge them. We do marketing. We don't Ralph, charge them. Ralph started it. As, I mean, he's ethical. Yeah. And we were and are authors. Yes. So we know it's like it's like if um it's like if one of the writers who are striking all of a sudden became the CEO of a big corporation. You'd think yes, unless you forget where you came from, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that you'd, you'd be like, all right, no, we do got to pay these people. The reason, yeah. like, you know, the the executives at Disney are being a bunch of assholes, is because most of those people, it's like, uh, it's like sports writers. Like yeah. Most of them didn't play sports. Like, you, yeah. you, it's like you don't know what it's like to have skin in the game. That's You're right. Just a corporate executive, like, like go play, like the CEO of Spotify. Go, go play me a record. Write a record and play me a record. I bet you ain't got any creativity. Oh, I bet no, that's you, I right. Bet, I bet you're not a musician. And if you are, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's the truth. Uh, and the people, like in Hollywood, that's a great example where 
And I've heard so many, you know, directors, actors, writers talk about that, that, you know, they have great ideas. They have creativity. They come up with the idea. They write the script. You know, they have a vision for something they want to create. And it's the studio. It's like the, they're fighting their own studio every step of the way mm-hmm. to create something that's halfway decent and close to what they originally started with. Because these executives who are not writers, they're not actors, they're not directors, they don't love creative. film, they're not creatives are saying like, oh no, change this, don't do that, make it like that, right. make it more like this, when they have no idea what they're doing. You know, it's, and yeah, so that's- Like that's the office had level. to fight, the office had to fight tooth and nail. The office should have been canceled a thousand times yeah. because they couldn't get people to pick it up and now it's the biggest hit. I mean, so yeah, you got people making decisions who don't understand art, creativity, yeah. the creative process. Yeah. So, oh, so I, let me let me yeah. let me bring it back around to AI because we start, we're getting off a little bit. Um, there's there's something about AI that um, almost no one talks about, <clears throat> and I think I, I think in this episode and this conversation, I think it's really important um, to point this out because this is not my original thought. This is actually something. Again, when I was watching that documentary on Netflix, which I really recommend if you haven't seen it, it's called Social Dilemma. It's really great. Um, so there's a quote in the documentary and I have it right here because I used it in my, I'm doing a class on, like, uh, on um, Philip K. Dick and you know, Philip K. Dick's whole thing was like uh, being, being paranoid of technology and AI and all that stuff. So, so here's a quote. This is from the guy's name is Tristan Harris. He is a former Google executive who quit when he saw the unethical stuff that was going on and the misuse of AI and social um social media, the algorithms and all that kind of stuff. Right. And now what he does, he started a nonprofit trying to raise awareness about the dangers, um, the things that are going on at these companies um, to manipulate us using technology to manipulate human behavior. Uh, It's really good. So anyway, but here's what he says. This is just such a, ah, we need to get this. Okay. So he says this, he says, we're all looking out for the moment when technology would overwhelm human strength and intelligence. Right. So we pause. This is what this is the fear about AI. The fear of AI is that, oh no, what will happen the day AI gets smarter than humans when it becomes more intelligent than our intelligence, right? So we we hold ourselves as humans at the top of the food chain. We're the most intelligent, smart, creative, you know, beings in the universe. Oh my gosh, what if? What if these artificial intelligences, what if these computers get smarter than us, more intelligent than us? Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's what we're all afraid of, right? Let me go back to the quote. Here's what he says. What we're wondering is, when is it going to cross singularity and replace our jobs and become smarter than humans? But there's this much earlier moment when technology exceeds and overwhelms human weakness. This point being crossed is at the root of addiction, polarization, radicalization, outrageification and vanityification, the entire thing. This is overpowering human nature and it is checkmate on humanity. And that is the point, guys. This is the thing we have to understand. You don't have to be afraid. I mean, yes, sure, we should be maybe cautious about what what horrible things could happen if if artificial intelligence got exceeded human intelligence. But what he's saying is, and again, as a Google executive who knows what's going on behind the scenes, what he said was, what we should be afraid of is what's happening already. It's already happening right now, which is that these computers, this algorithm, has learned how to exploit human weaknesses. 
It doesn't have to be smarter than us. It just has to know how to use our weakness against us. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it's doing. And that's what it's specifically programmed to do, right? So this is why people get radicalized by watch for like six months watching YouTube videos because they, they watch one kind of weird kind of, you know, curious about something. Is the earth flat or is there some conspiracy about uh, a pizza joint in New York that's, you know, abducting children and for sexual whatever. So you watch one of those videos and then the algorithm, well, here's another one. If you like that one, well, here's another one. That's all it's doing. You started to show interest in one thing and it'll just keep feeding you more and more. So you now, six months later, you believe the craziest shit. You think there's lizard aliens in the White House. You think JFK Jr. is still alive and he's coming back to rule, you know, to to run for vice president with Donald Trump or whatever. Like, again, all of this stuff is weaponized using this algorithm and it's it's exploiting our weaknesses, our, our, our curiosity. And, yeah. it, we're being radicalized, polarized. Oh, you don't like oh, you don't like uh, Democrats? Well, let me let's give you let's feed you more data, more links, more videos, more websites that also think that Democrats are Satan worshippers and baby killers and whatever. Right? It's going to create that in you, and it'll do it in a way that you're not aware that it's doing it. And that's the real danger. That's the AI we have right now. And I'm glad you you brought up that quote and the just juxtaposition of where we generally think of things as in yeah. being smarter than us rather than exploiting our weaknesses. Because yeah. it's not even if you if you watch it, it's not even that good. It's not it's not subtle. No. There's no subtle art. <laughs> no. Like I, I bought I bought this stuff from some company. Um I don't know if it works. It's for tattoos, it's for like, you know, bringing them out, the oh, luster. Wow of old tattoos cool. every ad now is that every yes. ad yes almost every ad on every social media because you like I, bought, for one I thing. bought yeah i bought some lotion and some other cream that's it that's all i'm going to try them out they might be good they might suck and i'll never buy them again but every ad now is matt's yes. only interested in this shit <laughs> so it's not even like it's like that's not it's not subtle that's a, that's a very heavy-handed approach yeah. but you don't have to get everyone no. if i watch a video on flat earth it doesn't they don't have to hook me no, nope. with the next and the next and the next. No, but, the next. but they like, will. But they will prompt you. But you'll. But of you course. will say, "I'm but, not but, that interested." Yeah. But some, it just has to get some of us radicalized. That's right. right? It just has, and that's what it's doing. It's, it, it's you know, it's using a hammer. Well, a hammer gets the job done for some things, and it's right. getting another. I mean, more than some people in this country have been radicalized. Absolutely radicalized. Yes, and <laughs> then like so, what you just said about you know, I had the same thing happen. Um, I have been I have been talking about getting a standing desk for my office, right? Because I, I I know I sit way too much in my job, mm-hmm. um, you know, writing, podcasting, you know, it's all sitting. I sit all the time, so I'm like, oh yeah, I need I need to get a standing desk. So I just again I just searched one time. I searched something on Amazon, kind of pricing them out because they're not cheap. You know, what, what's the best one? How much are they? You know, what which one should I get? And I'm not ready to buy one, but I was just curious, right? And then, yeah, for like two weeks after that, every ad I saw on Facebook was for a standing desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, well, gee, I wonder where that came from. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, it's not subtle, but it gets yeah. enough people to where, you know, the gods, I call it the gods of the algorithm. Yeah. And so that's the kind of thing, again, so that's that's AI. That That is the mm-hmm. AI we have right now that is capable of doing some dangerous or negative things, right? That, mm-hmm. that most of us 
are not really on our, on guard about, you know? So we think, Oh, who was, who was I talking to? Um, somebody was talking about this. Like they, um, their parents were visiting them and, um, they opened up, they were looking over their shoulder and they opened up, you know, um, MSNBC or like some basic homepage, you know, like when you start mm-hmm. your computer and it looked rat, like all the stories were radically different. And their parents were like, well, you know, mine doesn't look like that. And second, they, they had no understanding. Like, so they thought their parents thought that when they, when they opened, you know, any news website that like it's opening in like buying a newspaper, right? Everyone will mm-hmm. see the same headline. Everybody will see the same yeah. page two. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a static thing and it's not like, those news sites are feeding you news stories based on what it knows about you. Oh, you don't like these stories, but you do like these stories. It's just, what will you click on? That's all they give a crap about because they're getting paid by ads. And so to serve up ads that you have to make sure you click on it to get you to click on it, they're going to serve you up stories that meet your, you know, which match your profile. Here's the other thing that they do that most people which is not know. which 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 before you get to that is not necessarily a bad thing. Like no, I, I, no. I like I would rather read news stories I'm interested in. I would, but of it's course. just that we don't have we don't have really any control in it. Like I do get the notifications that I want to get from YouTube or whatever. Sure, and I can control. But I've some subscribed level to those. I've said, oh, I right. like that I've guy's show. To those channels. Yes. Next time he has a new episode, I want to I want to yes. let me know. Right now, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you can control. But the stuff you can't control is like you watched one video on UFOs, and now right. when you open YouTube, every third the hard one, the hard part is when you critique Christian nationalism and, uh-huh. and the algorithm and all your ads are confuses you for a Christian Trump. nationalist. That's no, that's what I'm saying. When you st- you're just trying to research <laughs> something. Right. And the next thing you know, so that's happened to me too. Like I'll, on my, on my, um, I'll do a copywriting gig and, and I'm researching something for a project and I'm searching something and then I'll get ads for that thing forever. I can't imagine what Hemet Meta's looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy. Oh, what I was going to say though, is like also what happens in some of these news uh, uh, sites is um, it, the stories are the same. Okay. So when you click on the story and read it, the story is usually the same story, but the headline is different. Mm. So if you're, it'll write the headline again, it's just to get you to click on it. Right. So if you are leaning left, it'll write the headline in a way that's anti right. But if you're leaning right, it'll write the same head for the the headline for the same story. It'll write the headline as if it's leaning left because like, Oh, those damn Democrats. And you, so you'll click on it, but the story can be the same story. It's just to get you to click on the story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those kind of tricks, those things are, are going on all the time. And so yeah. here's the thing. It's this kind of stuff is just going to keep happening and it's going to get more and more pervasive and it's going to, in some ways, probably become more and more subtle in ways that we don't notice it. Like you said, there's things we do notice, you know, like ha- I've even had conversations with people and, and the next day I'm getting served up ads for something that, oh, well, why am I getting those ads? Like, then I remember, oh, yeah, want, yeah, yeah. Yesterday we were talking about something, and then now all of a sudden I'm getting ads for that. You don't even have to talk about it, though. I walked in when my daughter first got Invisalign. Uh huh. I walk. I walked in, and it must have just been on my location because I walked into the orthodontist, and I was starting to get ads for Invisalign. Oh, that's races, crazy! Like that. And I'm sure it was just based on a setting I had on my phone on like allow it was tracking tracking your location, tracking yeah. my location. They're like, oh, you're at an orthodontist, so therefore now you're going to holy crap, yeah. dude. It's like teeth white, all this shit. I was like, God damn. Yeah, that is weird. It is weird. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, that kind of stuff. It's it's already happening, and it's going to so keep that, happening. Yeah, and the takeaway really is this. I mean, it's there's nothing we can do about it. So no. the only thing we can do about it is be aware of it and continue to look to politicians and corporations that are ethical. I mean, that use things in an ethical way. And all we can do is our due diligence, and we find out. And if we find out that, I got no problem with like. You know, the right does all this complaining about cancel culture and then the right will cancel Bud Light and blah, blah, blah. Right. On in, on paper, I have no problem with that. Like if you want to not support something and boycott, that's a great of course. way of – That's a great way of protest. That's a great way of, for, uh, of freedom of speech. It's almost like your only blah, blah, way blah. of protest. Really? Like, really yeah. What else can you do? Like write yeah, a letter I, to the president right. of some kind? They don't give a crap. They're no. not going to even read that letter. I happen to think most of the rights or all the rights protests are bullshit, but – yeah, I mean, but that's that's all we can do. If if a company is using this shit nefariously, I would say yes. Please don't support them and yep. start supporting companies that use technology in um, positive, humanity lifting up ways. Yeah, and you're not going to find many. No, you're not. It's going to be rare because it's it goes against all of the best business practices, right? So if you were going to start a oh. social media channel today. And your whole selling thing was, we won't collect your data. We won't sell your data. We won't use your data to serve up things to you, you know, uh, for, for marketing or whatever. And, and all that may sound great. You might get a, a few million people to sign up because like, okay, great. That sounds great. But that'll be it. Because after a while, like you won't make any money because the mm -hmm. only way you're going to make, unless you charge people to join, that's the only other thing. Like, and then people aren't going to do that. They're used to getting their social media stuff for free. So I'm not going to pay $20 a month. I mean, I'm already paying, you know, way too much money for Hulu and Netflix and Disney plus and Apple TV and all these other, just to watch the shows I want to watch. Like I'm going to pay another 10 or $20 a month to use your stupid so social media. Your cat thing. pictures. Yeah, exactly. To, to share cat <laughs> pictures or food pictures of my food. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there just really isn't an easy way. And so it comes, but it all comes down to commerce, right? It comes down to capitalism. It comes down to like, we have to figure out a way to make money. And and because people have to make money, then they have to like sell ads. You know, the whole thing about um, if you don't understand it, if you don't know what the commodity is, you're the commodity, right? If you don't know yeah. what's being sold, you're what's being sold. And so mm -hmm. what's being sold, that's why Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all these are free to use because you're what's being sold. You know, they're selling your profile, your data, right? Your information mm -hmm. so that they can serve you ads so that people can get paid because they got someone's got to get paid. Yeah. Uh, wild times. It's the wild west, my friend. It really is. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Um, but again, I, I kind of do hope that one day an AI shows up, gains consciousness and is like the coolest thing. Like it's, a, it's so awesome. But again, even if it I was, I mean, I think it's, it's cool now in a way, because I'm telling you, I've, you know, talking with some certain people who are using it in certain ways, I'm going to be doing, using it in some cool ways. And I hope it serves me. Oh yeah, Fuck no, it rest. is a, it's a great, I'm going yeah. <laughs> to get mine. If you know how to use it, it is a helpful tool, you know, I, it'll be. do very, it'll very do simple things. Like, you know, when we were setting up the choir.com website, we asked all of our authors to send us bios and at least half of them sent the bios in the first person but we mm -hmm. use them in the third person. I literally just copied them, dropped them into um, ChatGPT, and I said, rewrite this paragraph in the third person. And it did it in the seconds. Yeah. And so I, I was able to convert all that in seconds. So, you know, again, I think the writers of the future 
will be using AI if they're smart, because um, it'll it'll just make things a whole lot easier. Uh, and and if you know what it's good at, you know, it'll, like I've asked it to write outlines for stories. I've asked it to write outlines. outlines. Yeah, it's yeah, good it at is. yeah, just thinking things through, laying things out, mm-hmm. or rewriting something like change the tense in this sentence or yeah. something like that, or, or rewrite it in the voice of, of somebody else. It'll do, it does that decently. Um, yeah, decently. I tried to get it to write some Kendrick Lamar lyrics and to see if it would. I did like write a rap in the style of Kendrick Lamar about Keith Giles. I thought it did. Yeah. You, you sent it to it me. It did. <laughs> and then I was like, this is some Millie Vanilli type shit. This ain't yes. Kendrick. <laughs> so, so I was so waiting for you to record that. You should have recorded that. Uh, maybe I will. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, okay. When I have five minutes for a piss take, I'll do that. Uh-huh. While, you're on the t- <laughs> while you're on the John. Yeah. All right. Well, Thank you for listening, folks. Go support every Choircast show if you wouldn't mind. Go to choir.com yes. to check out all the wonderful shows. Shout out to Pathios for our partnership. Shout out to every Choircast and every choir author. And if you have a moment, please rate and review this show on whatever platform you are listening so that the AI can send it to all the people that it wants the, to send the, it to. That need it. That's right. People that need this. People need this show. High quality. You don't know how much you need okay. the show until you listen to the show and you're like, damn, I need this damn, show. I needed that. That's right. I need some Matt and Keith in my life. Mm-mm. That's right. So we'll see you in two weeks. Have a lovely summer. Enjoy frying an egg on the asphalt or whatever you crazy fuckers do in the desert. Or you can bake a cake. I, did you see this? The new story? <laughs> no. A lady baked. She she baked a, a bread. Damn. She took bread, she took her bread, she put it in a pan, she stuck it in her mailbox, and in 45 minutes, it, she made bread. Perfect. perfect <laughs> it was an bread. oven. It was perfect. It's a combination of COVID when everyone was baking breads <laughs> and climate change together in one beautiful awesome. dystopian um, story. Yeah, welcome to the end. We're, welcome we're here to for. dystopia. Yes. All right, we'll see you next time. See you.